welcome to the Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams. The heart behind Kindled is to help moms use their gifts for God's glory and their good. We'll chat with real women who are learning how to do this very thing as they navigate motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. This heart-to-heart is always had over a cup of coffee and usually paired with a business pep talk. We hope you'll find practical advice and the encouragement you need to work well and live more. Hey friends, today's episode is with Courtney Elmer. Courtney is an empowerment speaker and stress coach who is on a mission to help female business owners, entrepreneurs, and leaders eliminate stress and overwhelm so they can live a more vibrant and fulfilling life. Courtney has an incredible story of beating cancer in her early 20s and talks a lot about the role stress played in her life before her diagnosis and leading up to it. As women and moms and workers in this digital age of multitasking and 20 tabs open at once, stress can often seem like a non-negotiable. This idea that we are necessarily stressed out by our lives is something that Courtney wholeheartedly disagrees with. Her own testimony, and what I really want to say here is stress-demony, is that a thing? Yeah, that's a thing. But anyways, after you hear her stress testimony, you will understand why this girl has such a such strong opinions on stress and how we handle it. I was convicted by a lot of what we talked about, and to be honest, I was feeling really stressed, even the day that we talked. And later on that night, I had a conversation with my husband about how stressed and overwhelmed I was and just how was I ever going to get everything that was on my plate done. But because of some of the stuff that Courtney and I talked about, I felt like, no, this is in my control. This is in my hands. I'm not a victim of my life. I don't have to be stressed. I shouldn't be. That shouldn't be my baseline reality. And I decided to make some changes. So I will share what changes I made in my own life that are already removing a lot of the stress from my soul and my mind after Courtney talks. Here she is. So tell everybody where you live and what you do and a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I'm from New Orleans, down here in the hot, sticky South. Uh, But it's great. We love the city. It's a fun and funky city to live in. Um, Always something going on. Mm -hmm. And I am an empowerment speaker and stress coach. And so basically in a nutshell, what I do through a series of luxury retreats and online courses and VIP programs, I show female business owners how to pinpoint and eliminate the underlying causes of stress and overwhelm in their life and business. So that way they can get to a place where they can live and work, um, you know, in a way that's more focused and productive and fulfilling ultimately. Mm, That sounds amazing. I feel like I need to go on one of these luxury retreats. (laughs) (laughs) We have so much fun on them. Yes. They're, they're a lot of fun. How did you get into this industry and this whole world? Well, it's really an interesting journey that I've been on, one that has had a lot of surprising twists and turns. Um, Basically, you know, back when I first graduated college, you know, I started out my career just in the corporate world of nine to five. And I always had this dream that I wanted to own a business of my own one day. I just didn't know what, you know, I didn't know if that was going to be brick and mortar or an online online store, what that was going to look like. But um, I knew that I wanted something of my own. And so I thought, well, gosh, if I could just work really hard and climb up the corporate ladder, you know, earn some promotions and some raises and really start putting some money aside, then I could put that to, you know, that could be capital for the business that I wanted to open up. And so I did. I started working and just, you know, I was single at the time and, you know, 
just had time on my hands to work. So I'd work nights, I'd work weekends, um, of course, working during the week. And a friend of mine around that same time introduced me to the network marketing industry, which I had never heard of before. You know, I mean, you hear these different companies out there that, um, you know, people join and market the products for the company and teams and all of that. But I had never, like, never even heard of that. And, but when she told me about it, I was like, well, this is kind of interesting because maybe I could do this on the side and just earn some extra money and put that towards the capital that I wanted for my, my eventual one day future business, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so I did, I started that on the side. So, you know, working during the week, of course, nights and weekends, then it was like just any nooks and crannies of the day kind of fitting in work, um, whether I was working, you know, my corporate job or working my side hustle Mm -hmm. and, very quickly, I actually had a lot of success in that industry. Um, you know, I learned a ton about business. I had lots of friends. I um, really was traveling the world. I'd earned several all-expense-paid vacations, earned a luxury vehicle. I was able to walk away from my nine-to-five job and just focus on running that business full-time, which was really great. I met the love of my life around that time, you know, fell in love. We were planning our wedding. And, um, you know, anyone from the outside looking in would have thought, gee, you know, you've got your act all together. Like, look at how successful you are. Just kind of, you know, in my mid twenties and all this, but on the inside, that's not how I felt at all. Mm -hmm. I really felt like, um, I mean, for lack of a better way to put it, that I was becoming addicted to working, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just kind of felt this need every day to get up super early and stay up super late and go, go, go all day long and just not stopping, you know, I had no, no self-care was not on my radar whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, I lost friendships. I didn't have time for them on my calendar. You know, people would call me up like, Hey, you want to go have lunch? You want to come hang out or go get a glass of wine, let's have coffee, whatever. And it was like, well, I can't because I'm meeting a client or have, you know, I always had something mm-hmm. else to do. Right. Um, so I was sacrificing like the things that I love, like my personal time and all of that, you know, going to the gym, all these things that I enjoyed for the sake of working. And I mean, I couldn't even unwind at night with my husband and watch a show on TV. You know, we'd pull up mm-hmm. some scandal or whatever and like, okay, let's watch an episode. And I'd sit there like checking email the whole time. And mm-hmm. um, it was just very hard for me to, to unplug and to slow down because mm-hmm. work was all I knew. And, um, you know, cause I was just chasing after this ideal that I had of one day opening a business, like a business of my own. Mm-hmm. And um, so to make a long story short, really, you know, we got married, went on our honeymoon, and two days after getting back from um, our honeymoon, I was sitting in the doctor's office following up on a little minor procedure I'd had a couple weeks before, and the doctor sat me down and told me that I had cancer. Oh, my gosh. And that just, oh, it hit me so out of left field. Like, when I tell you, it came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I mean, not even family history or anything like that. It was like that it made no sense. You know, why at the time of, you know, 25 years old, like being hit with this diagnosis. And so my whole world really stopped then because, you know, obviously had to go through surgery and treatment recovery. And that was a very difficult time for me because it forced me to slow down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny growing up, my mom always used to say, you know, like, Courtney, when you get sick, because when I would get a cold or anything, I'd be like, I'd complain, like, oh my gosh, I hate being sick. Like, I hate just laying on the sofa. I can't just sit still. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sick of watching Netflix. And so my mom's like, Courtney, that's God's way of slowing you down. Like, just, just breathe for a few days, you know, let your body yeah. recover. Yeah. So it was like that ran through my head when I got this diagnosis. And it's like, is this really God's way of slowing me down? Like, mm-hmm. really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> is it, did it really take this much to get me to kind of wake up and realize, you know, the path I was going down? Mm-hmm. So, 
um, you know, really dealt with a lot of, a lot of dark feelings at that time, just feeling depressed and feeling like, you know, was it all really worth it? Like all that I had been working towards was now just kind of crumbling in front of my eyes. And, mm-hmm. um, that was the work was my identity. That was all I knew. And so yeah. I didn't know anything else. I didn't know how to feel any other way. So that really kind of, that really depressed me. Um, and I just kind of stayed in that funk for a long time. And finally one day realized, you know, kind of coming on the, out on the tail end of all this treatment and recovery and everything. I'm like, you know, I something has got to, something's got to change. I mean, I can't continue going the way I'm going. Well, I certainly have got to protect my health now and, you know, stay on this better, more healthy path for my mind and body. And so what I chose to do was really just pour all of my business experience, my education, all the mentorship that I had had, leadership training, you know, all that into really creating, I mean, I call it a roadmap, you know, kind of like a GPS system for myself to navigate like out of this hole that I had dug for myself mm-hmm. um, in this just downward spiral of, of a work addiction that I had just fallen into. And so once I figured that out, you know, I really got clear on who I was and on my purpose and on really the mission in my life that I've been called to do. And once I got clear on that, it was like this new energy just bubbled up from within. And I've been working towards my goals ever since. That's when I launched um, my coaching and speaking career. And it's just been amazing the doors that have opened because that was the one thing I recognized was, you know, so many of us, I feel like as women, especially for those of us who are juggling all the hats, like, you know, maybe mm-hmm. we're a mom, maybe we're a business owner, entrepreneur, you know, or even if we're just working, you know, and, you know, even if we're just staying at home with the kids, like we put all this pressure on ourselves, you know, to do and to be and to go, go, go all the time and to get it all done. And so I knew that all that I had just experienced even though I felt very alone going through it, you know, all of the overwhelm and the stress and all that, that I was feeling, um, I knew that I wasn't alone Mm -hmm. at the same time, even though I felt alone, I knew I wasn't alone. And so what I really sought to do was just create a safe space for women to be able to come together and get supported in, you know, achieving the goals that they want for their life, but in a way that is sustainable in a way that's balanced and focused and fulfilling because at the end of the day, I mean, that's what it's all about. Like we shouldn't have to sacrifice our life for the sake of our work or feel like we can't have a successful business because we want to have a life, you know? And so I was just sick of sacrificing one for the other and said, Nope, that's it. Like we're going to make a change about this. So that's the, the movement that I have started and just the direction that I am heading. And it's just been, it's been definitely a journey, but definitely one with lots of lessons and um, so many positive outcomes, you know? Yeah, that is, that is crazy. And really awesome that you took such a, a trial in your own life and turned that into not only something that where you said you created a roadmap for yourself out, but also for other women. Because like you said, you knew you weren't the only one in that spot. And, um, and I'm certain that you're not as well. And I've you know, identified with a lot of what you said, um, especially that your work was your identity. And mm-hmm. I even have an episode calling or called you know, My Work Testimony. And one of the things I say in there is like, I had sort of an epiphany that I am not my work. Um, actually, it was only this past January that 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 happened for me. So, um, so I identify with a lot of what you said. How did you, um, 
how did that all kind of happen as you were battling cancer? I mean, how did you really start this while you were undergoing treatment for that? And, or did you kind of wait until you were like out of the woods or what did that look like for you? Yeah, I, well, I waited. I will say that's when the seed was planted Okay, and like kind of started, you know, to germinate a little bit, but it hadn't really sprouted yet. Um, because to be honest, you know, this idea of creating this whole movement and helping women stress less and live more, as I love to say, um, it scared me. It terrified me because it meant that I would have to walk the walk too. You know, it meant Mm -hmm. that I couldn't just sit there and preach all day long and not actually live what I was preaching because A, that'd be totally inauthentic and B, that just, that wasn't what I wanted to do. You know, it was about creating something that felt authentic and genuine because I didn't have that prior. And so that's when the seed was planted. And so after, I would say after my treatment and recovery, you know, I wish I could say that right then and there, that's when I did a complete 180 and like started this whole new life. But to be honest, like those patterns were so deeply ingrained in me that my natural tendency was just to kind of go back down that path towards, Mm -hmm. you know, work addiction, like feeling like I was doing something different, like saying, okay, I'm not going to check my email tonight while we're sitting here watching a show. But, but it, it hadn't, it hadn't moved from my head to my heart yet, if that makes sense. You know, it was still an idea. It wasn't just like a conviction and a, Mm -hmm. a driving force of my life. Um, so, you know, for about another year or two, I just kind of sat on that idea. I didn't really do anything with it. Um, I tried just here and there in my own life to figure out, you know, how to reduce stress, how to live from a place that was more balanced. I guess that's when you could say I was really figuring out the roadmap for myself. Yeah. Um, you know, and kind of figuring out these different strategies and systems that I teach now, but that I needed to learn um, first in order to say, yeah, this is effective. And I know that this works because it helped me. Um, so it wasn't until after a couple of years of that, that I really got serious about moving forward and making this my business and saying, okay, like drawing my line in the sand and saying, this is it. Like no longer am I going to live this way. You know, I feel like I've gotten to a really good place and I knew that I needed help to kind of see the roadblocks and see the areas where I still couldn't really figure things out or navigate around. So, um, I interviewed several coaches and, and wound up hiring a business coach, Um, just to help me get my business off the ground. She was incredible and just so much more transformation even happened there as I became really clear on, you know, who I serve and how I help and how my story kind of informs the work that I do now. Um, So that's really when my business started was kind of after that, you know, I still had to go through that, those initial phases of the journey, um, you know, towards even launching my, my business and just figuring it out on my own. Wow. You mentioned you had to have surgery. What what kind of cancer did you have? Yeah, so I had thyroid cancer, um, okay. which was weird. I, you know, I never had even heard of that cancer before. But being diagnosed with it, you know, of course, you start reading about stuff. And apparently, you know, it is very common, especially among women. Hmm. And what was fascinating to me to learn was that, um, you know, it can be triggered like through hormonal imbalances and different things like that. It can create hormonal imbalances And when we're imbalanced in the body, you know, a lot of times that's a result of stress and overwhelm, you know, our body just being overtaxed. And so I've just kind of, you know, my own belief is that, you know, yes, of course, I feel like God gave me this, this trial to go through so I could learn from it. But at the same time, I feel like I had primed my body in a way, um, Mm -hmm. so to speak for that disease to even manifest because of the way that I was living and just not taking care of myself. Right. You know, so. right. 
Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, well, I'm so, I'm so happy that you beat it and that it sounds like you caught it really relatively early. Is that true? We did. And what was scary about it was, um, well, my doctor told me, she said, I really feel like you've probably had this for about a year. It tends to be a slower growing cancer, which is good. But when the biopsy results came back, it had tested positive for a much more aggressive form than what's typically diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was, you know, that was two days after our honeymoon within a week, I was having surgery to have it removed and started treatment right after that. So it all happened very quickly. Um, you know, just because I guess of the aggressiveness that, you know, it was kind of starting to spread, but luckily, fortunately, thank God, um, they they got it all and through the radiation, everything we're able to to get it all. So gosh, what a, uh, what a welcome home present from your honeymoon and your, like your newlywed. I mean, that is a, that can be a very, you know, obviously fun and lighthearted time, but it can also be really hard, you know, just to be like merging your life with someone and, coming home to the reality that, you know, they're not perfect and that like, you know, they leave their stuff everywhere or, you know, they're <laughs> yes. not, you know, as helpful in the way you might be wanting them to be. And that's, you guys had a lot to overcome in that, in that first year of marriage. Yeah. You know, I'm really glad you brought that up too, because it's very true. And that's something that, you know, um, a lot of people don't ask me about, but I'm so glad you asked because it was such a struggle. Yeah, And that's one thing that I've learned is like, you know, just in sharing my story to be so open and so real, like I'm all about that because there's, I had nothing to hide. Like we had a hard time, like as newlyweds, you would think we'd have been on top of the world and been all happy and all this, you know? Yeah. Um, But like you said, on top of just the normal stuff of just adjusting to your living your life with someone else, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and sharing their space and all of that. Then we have this illness to contend with on top of that. And I had already been at fault for putting our you know, a really big strain on our relationship just through my work addiction. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I didn't make the time for him that I should have made, um, or that I even wanted to make because I didn't know how, I didn't know how to slow down and unplug. Yeah. Um, you know, so that that had put a strain on us as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's like you probably, you had said, you know, um, in sickness and in health, you know, what, two weeks earlier, probably? Yes. Two weeks. Not and even. Nobody mm-hmm. thinks that you're saying that for something that's two weeks away. You hope that you're saying that for something that's 70 years away, you know, or right. 60 years away. Like you don't anticipate that it's going to be like, uh, yeah, this month, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But that's, yeah, that I would imagine that would have been, um, that would have been a lot. So I like that you've mentioned a couple of times you are, you are using the term work addiction. And Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I don't really hear people talk about that a whole lot. I don't know if I'm just not reading the right blog, but it seems like, you know, in our, I think we could both agree that in our culture and in our day, um, this whole idea of, um, I guess what's coming to mind is like the concept of hustle and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just nose to the grindstone, like grind it out, all of that. I, I'm curious, like how you perceive that messaging that, that is very much um, a lot of times aimed at women, especially because we are wearing so many hats. And a lot of us, if we are working, are, you know, juggling kids or juggling another career or juggling a nine to five and trying to hustle and start our own thing. And you know, there's this concept or maybe this glorification of 
sort of the person that's like doing it all and, you know, having it all in a sense. I, I mean, what is your perception of all of that? Yes. It's so, you know, and I use the term work addiction very specifically. I'll get to that. I'll share a little bit more about that. Um, but first, when you were talking, something came to mind that I saw this show up on Instagram the other day and it was like hashtag female entrepreneur. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was some kind of um, boss babe mm-hmm. page that posted this. And the quote, it said, I'd rather be tired than broke. Mm. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I don't know how many likes this thing had like well over 500 likes or something like that. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. The messages that we are getting is like you said, it's so prevalent in our culture and it is such a current, um, an undercurrent that really has informed the way that we as women work and Mm -hmm. that we as women identify with work. Um, when did busy become a badge of honor? Mm -hmm. You know, that's a question I ask myself all the time. Like, when did being busy become a badge of honor? Because it has, like you said, it's kind of like so glorified that like, oh my gosh, here I am. I'm the super mom, the super woman. You know, I, I have this job and I have this and I do this and I have these kids and I do, and I'm like my husband and I keep with the house and all, all the hats, you know, I'm the chef, I'm the chauffeur. I do all these things. I'm base full bake scale, like whatever. And it's yeah. like, when did being so busy become a badge of honor? You know, because at the end of the day, there is a human behind every business. And this is something that I teach my clients too. I'm like, there is a human behind every business. A business on its own is just a business. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to achieve anything unless the human behind it is driving it to do and achieve those things. Yeah. So when the human is not taking care of themselves, putting themselves on the back burner, doing everything for everyone else so that their well is empty. You know, you can't give from an empty well. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like a delusion that we live in. Like what makes us think that we can have a successful business running ourselves into the ground like that? It's just, it's, it's, it it doesn't even make logical sense. Well, when you say it that way, it makes, yeah, I totally hear that. And and you're right. But I think we, a lot, a lot of us have never, I guess, thought of it that way. We think that almost it's a transfer of energy. Like if I lose yes. energy, the business gains it. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm just, you know, plugging myself in as a power source to that business to drain me until I'm empty. And right. And what you're saying is no, because once you're empty, the business stops and it doesn't just transfer over and keep going. It's ultimately going to um, shut down if you do. Yep. And you brought up a really interesting point too, which I'm glad you said, you know, and it's this, I, it, we really do. And I did for so many years, which is why I speak about it so openly, but it's like, I lived in denial, complete denial, that that's even what was happening. That's even what I was doing. And, you know, when you look at, um, and that's why people say like, you know, work addiction, why do you even use that word addiction? Like, really? I'm like, yes, because guess what? One of the, one of the key Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like indicators or yeah. Like key indicators of addiction hallmark, like a hallmark of addiction Mm -hmm. is denial, Mm, you know? And so I do use that word specifically because so many times I see this over and over and myself included, you know, these women out there, they, they live in denial that this is even happening Yeah, um, yeah. in denial that they're even addicted to being busy in the first place. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, and, and, I feel like I, 
I probably um, need to take your course or whatever you offer because I, <laughs> I know that I I have historically have definitely struggled with this and think I've you know made some um, strides towards really seeing that in myself and calling it out when I see it. But um, but I think it's like this compulsion basically is what I how I picture it. Like you know when you're sitting with someone and they pick up their phone over and over and scroll or open to Instagram or open to Facebook to look at the same feed. They just checked like 10 seconds sooner. It's like this compulsive action that you're like, you know that there's nothing new or important that's there, but it's your, it's like you don't have power over your body or your mind to like, to stop yourself. If you're in, if you're, if nobody's stopping you, if you're not intentionally stopping yourself, that's your default. Like you're just, I don't know. I'm seeing that more and more. And I I've obviously seen it in myself, but it's like this compulsion to, like you were saying, check your email, do this, do that. And all things that, you know, yes, have to get done and are probably not going to be done by anybody but you. But I think it's in, you know, it seems like, and maybe you can speak to this, like it's in how we do it and the emote, like our heart in why we're doing it perhaps it's not the what it's the how I don't know what what do you think about that like how do we yeah. continue to because if you do have a business like how do you do those things without becoming or being addicted to that work awesome question yeah in fact this is one of the things that we dive into in one of my courses in particular because there's so much there that um you know surrounding addiction and surrounding like you said this constant compulsion or this need or this urge um, to be busy all the time. And so one of the things that, you know, I'll share that I feel like, um, it's just a good concept to remember and to, to be aware of is, you know, when we feel this need or this urge to be busy, it's often because we feel uncomfortable if we're not. And so I'm sure, you know, everyone listening has probably heard like, oh, well, you can't grow unless you're outside of your comfort zone. You know, you have to grow outside of your comfort zone and all of this. But the thing is that it's uncomfortable to be outside of our comfort zone. Yeah. And so it's hard to be outside of our comfort zone. We don't want to be outside of our comfort zone because it's comfortable to be where we're comfortable, yeah. you know? And so that's, that's why it's very difficult. Like you said, it's almost like this thing. Our Instagram feed has power over us in a way. Um, that we're not able to mindfully just turn it off or turn off this need to even go check it because that's where our, that, that's, that, that's a comfort zone. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're living inside of that comfort zone and it's uncomfortable to be outside of that. Yeah. And it was like, once I, once I realized that and kind of made that distinction, it helped me because I still struggle with it too, you know, especially late at night, especially when I'm up at 3am feeding the baby, you know, it's like, let me just scroll through and see what's going on and just stay awake. But, um, but it helps me to remember, you know, that this is where I'm comfortable right now, but I know that in order to change, I know that in order to grow, I have to step outside of this comfort zone. Right. I don't have to live outside of it a hundred percent of the time, but I have to step outside of it and get my feet wet being outside of that comfort zone and start to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It does make a lot of sense. So I feel like that's just a good concept to remember, you know, cause there's so much in terms of addiction. I mean, and like I said, I'm using the word in the sense that of like this, this need, this urge, this compulsion. Um, I do believe that there is such a thing as, you know, an addiction to being busy that has developed within our culture. Mm-hmm. But just like any addiction, you know, some of them are so deeply rooted that, you know, they do require professional help. 
Mm-hmm. Um, others you are able to work through just going through a series of, of steps, you know, to be able to help you, um, undo the, the work that you've done to get there in the first place and kind of break those vicious cycles, yeah. which is a lot of the work that I do with my clients and some of my programs, especially on the retreat. But, um, but that's one thing that I always say is like, you know, just remember that, yes, we have to be outside of our comfort zone. That's where the growth happens, but that it's uncomfortable to be there. We have to just give ourselves permission to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. and just tell ourselves, like give ourselves grace. Like it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's temporary. Yeah, that's really good. And I think uh, something just came to mind when it, even in, um, in the context of being an entrepreneur, running a business, or even if, you know, what for the person listening may be running a household. Um, sometimes it can feel, being busy can feel, um, and I'm speaking for myself, very productive. It can feel like I'm doing all the things. I'm checking so many boxes right now. It's crazy. Like I just am picturing in my head, this, you know, universal checklist of my life. And I'm just like, Kate did this, did this, did this. And, and a lot of times, you know, we're kind of living for that, um, that momentary pleasure that comes from checking the box, doing the thing, but we're also at the same time missing maybe the bigger goal or our actual, you know, the more, um, more important or weighty goal that we ultimately want to be working towards. Cause I know for me, I will tend towards doing, you know, and in some senses, this is good. The, the low hanging fruit I'll go, you know, what's the easiest right now? Well, I can do this. I can post this picture or I can edit this, you know, post a blog post or I can do this, but yeah. all, all of that is kind of keeping me in a, in a lot of senses from what am I really trying to achieve here? Like, and I'll just give an example for me. Um, I'm developing a course right now. And so I've found that, you know, as I'm sure you know, there is so, so many little things that have to be done in order for that course to ever happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's this bigger picture of like, you know, getting people like getting butts in seats. Like that's the concept that I'm working on now is like getting people in the course, not, you know, um, changing the logo one more time or editing the sales page one more time or all these little things that you can get so caught up in. Um, without actually looking at the bigger picture going like, am I, but am I actually doing what is essential or am I just doing busy work because it makes me feel good? Yes. Such a key distinction. Like, and you said it so well too, because you're right. We do. It's like, we get this hit, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. we get on a high, like, because we yeah. check that box and we There's scratch the addiction. that thing off. There yeah. it is, you know, and it really, it really does inform, um, everything. And like you said, it's that momentary pleasure but guess what? As soon as that box is checked off, what do we do? We don't focus and celebrate on the fact that that box is checked off. We move on to the next box because we're like, wait, but then there's still all these other boxes. Yeah. And they, they still all need to be checked off, you know? And if I don't check them all off by the time my head hits the pillow tonight, then I go to, go to bed with my brain spinning, mm. beating myself up for the things I didn't get done today, trying to figure out how I'm going to fit it all in tomorrow, you know? So I sleep restlessly, I toss and I turn, and I'm rolling over and checking my email and responding to texts before I'm even out of bed in the morning, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, it's just this perpetual cycle that can very, very e- that we could very easily fall into, and that could be very hard to get out of. It's like you know we just continue running on this hamster wheel, but not actually getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's it's so key. We have to first get in touch with that the greater good, you know. And and we hear it all the time in business, like get in touch with your why. And yes, it's your why, but it's also what you really value, like what's really important to you. You know, is at yeah. the end of the day, is quality time with your family really important? to you, then figure out how to get more of that because Mm -hmm. you're going to feel more fulfilled. 
You know, is it, um, is it having the freedom to be able to go out and have some personal time to yourself a few times a week? Is that really important to you? You know, is, or maybe one of the things you value is connection. So maybe it's going out with a girlfriend once a week to have lunch or grab coffee or have a sushi date or something, you know, like, and making that time for yourself. Like first, it, so first getting in touch with what it is that's really, truly important to you. And then checking off the boxes that help you get more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that a lot of women are looking for someone to give them permission to do things like that? Cause it's like, like, I love what you're doing, but it's almost like sad that I think that our culture is in a place that we are so, like you said, like addicted to our work that we, we don't even, we can't see the forest through the trees. We're like, we mm-hmm. need someone to tell us, Hey, it's okay. Like, and I feel that way. I feel like I need someone to tell me it is okay to, you know, not be productive for this nap time. And if you need to take a bath or if you need to take a nap or, you know, whatever, cause I'm like the queen of trying to be productive with every spare minute of my day. And as I'm sure, you know, that leads a lot of times to overwhelm and exhaustion and, um, and just the reality that, like you said, there, it, you're never done. There's always more. And, and that you don't actually celebrate the wins. You just feel even more not enough, you know, because you got, yeah, you got these things done, but you didn't do this thing. And there's always more on the list. Um, but do you feel like people need that permission? Is that what you're hearing from students? Like they they just like need someone to tell them like, it's okay. Or what are, what are women needing and, and what are they finding in these groups that's helping them? Yeah. You know, it's interesting that um, this idea of permission comes up because it's something that I feel like um, it's another undercurrent that kind of informs our behavior, but it's not something that's really, it's, that's a, it's a tricky thing to put your finger on because we do withhold permission from ourselves. And I'm not usually one to make generalizations, but I see this so often amongst, especially us as women um, as, as a whole that, you know, it's pretty consistent most of the time that we withhold permission from ourselves to be able to do the things that we enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so part of it is figuring out what's causing that. Like that's the symptom, you know, so why, what's the root of the issue? Like, why am I not able to give myself permission? You know, Mm -hmm. when did I decide that it was okay to withhold permission for myself, you know, not give myself permission. Um, And then the flip side of that is, okay, now how do I give myself permission? Because this has been the pattern that I've been running for so long. I'm so comfortable with with withholding permission that now it feels weird if I give myself permission to do this. And then guess what happens? The guilt, right? Mm, right. The guilt. And so it's like, wow, I might be out to dinner with a friend, but now I feel really guilty because I'm leaving my husband and the kids at home. Or, you know, yeah, I really do need a shower, but baby's napping. And this is my only time to get X, Y, and Z done on my list. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then the guilt kind of kicks in. So I've been in that spot so many times. It's not even funny. <laughs> oh, yes. And me too, girl. Like seriously, right. I'm, you know, I'm not immune to this just because I coach on it. Like, and that's yeah. what I tell people. I'm like, I'm as real as they come. Yeah. You know, I will tell you that I'm struggling with something too, but the, but what you'll know about me is that I'm always working on figuring out a way out of it yeah. Yeah. so that I can help other people get through it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yes, because I mean, and I struggle with that right now. You know, I just had a baby three months ago and certainly new to motherhood, navigating all the things. And it's like, wow, you know, but one of the things I remind myself each and every day is the work will always be there, but my baby will never be this age or this stage again. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I think is so, such a simple thing to remind ourselves of, you know, and that it just mm-hmm. takes reminding ourselves of that. 
Um, and so I get, I do get asked that question, like, well, how do you give yourself permission? You know, how do you give yourself permission to just be, or to just slow down or to just let the work slide? And like, well, first of all, to give yourself the way, the way you give yourself permission is to give yourself permission. Like there's really no art to it. There's no science. There's no tricky way about it. It's just literally saying like, and I will say this to myself, like perfect example, you know, you're going to bed and your mind's racing and you're beating yourself up for everything you didn't get done. And you're having a hard time falling asleep, thinking about everything you got to do the next day. You know, you need a rest. So you're frustrated because you can't fall asleep. You know, and you're kind of stuck in this little spot where you're like, this is just the most annoying thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I say, just give yourself permission to rest. And so like, if I'm laying there in bed and I find myself doing that, I'll just say, Courtney, you have permission to sleep right now. It's okay because the work will be there for you in the morning. You're not going to get through the day any better, any faster. If you're sleep deprived, it's only going to make it worse. So just sleep right now. Just rest. It's okay to rest Mm -hmm. and then wake up and deal with it in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it can be as simple as that because you know, sometimes we just have to give our brain the okay to shut off Mm -hmm. because our brain's always going to look for the next thing to keep it occupied. That's, you know, one of the reasons why social media is so addicting because we're always, we're looking for that hit. We're looking for that next thing to engage us and entertain us. Um, And so our brain's always looking for that next thing to keep it occupied. So when we give it permission to just turn off, Mm -hmm. you know, give it that okay um, it's amazing what can come from that. So when I, when people say, how do you give yourself permission? The answer is just give yourself permission and like, mm-hmm. use your name when you do, you're like, Courtney, it, you know, it's okay. Haley, it's okay to take a shower right now, you yes, know, yes. and just that it's okay to do that. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, this has gotten easier for you with age as you've gotten older, or is it really just learning these, these skills? Like, do you, or, or is it both? Is it with maturity? Cause I don't know. I guess I'm just curious if, if you feel like, you know, as you get older, you're getting a better grip on it, or is it really like these skills that at any age we have to continually practice and and hone? I personally believe it's more of a skills thing than anything. You know, you hear people when they get older say like, well, I just don't care anymore. And I just don't this or don't that. And it's kind of like, well, you know, okay. On the one hand, I can see where you're coming from. But on the other hand, I, I personally wonder how much of that is just a story that they're telling themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, certainly I feel like, you know, and I'm definitely a systems and strategies girl, but to me, you know, practice is everything, you know? And, and to me, the very word practice kind of, kind of insinuates, um, an ongoing, thing. Like, yeah, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Practice equals ongoing. You know, it's not something that you do once and you master it and you're done. Like a yoga practice. Like you don't just go to one yoga class and like you're the most flexible Gumby in the world now, you know? Um, so practice kind of gives us this idea that something is ongoing. So, you know, when we, when we find a new system or a new strategy that we want to implement, you know, practice is the key. And I feel like the more we practice it, the better we get at it certainly I'm not perfect at giving myself permission all the time, Mm -hmm. but I have been very intentional about practicing it over the past, I'd say five or so years. And it has done amazing things in my life, you know, and opened up my life in ways that I didn't really expect or anticipate. Um, you know, and so literally it's just something that you do that you, you continue to get better at the more you do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, what would you say there's, you know, if you had to pinpoint a couple of the mistakes that, that women are making, um, 
or female entrepreneurs uh, are making that are keeping them stressed, what would you say are a couple of, you know, maybe the top several things that you, you see your clients kind of doing over and over that are keeping them in that cycle of stress and overwhelm and not enough? Yes. Well, this is actually interesting because I, um, I have a presentation that I give. And when I speak to groups, this is one of the, the topics that is very popular. This is one that I'm usually asked to speak on. And it's the three massive mistakes that female business owners make. Um, you know, even smart, successful women um, make that keep them stuck and stressed and spinning. And so there's three. And I'll, I'll kind of start with the third one and work our way down to the first one. We've touched on the first one a little bit already. But um, the, so the third massive mistake that I see them make is what I call chasing the ideal. And I kind of, I mentioned this a little bit, like it, just in my own journey, when I was chasing after, you know, this ideal of opening up my business one day and having this dream lifestyle that I wanted to have. And so I was working towards that. Um, and what happens, and so the ideal, just to define that so that we're really clear on that, the ideal can be a number of things. It can be more money. It can be more time freedom. It could be more quality time with family. It could be whatever goals that you're working toward in your life. That's what I mean by like ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those goals are not bad in and of themselves. I mean, those are the things that get us out of bed in the morning, right? Like that's why we put our feet on the floor. Like we're working towards those things that we want to have and the life that we want to create, which is good. But when we start to measure our self-worth based on whether or not we've achieved that ideal, mm-hmm. that's when things start to get really messy. Yeah. And so I see this a lot, especially among female business owners. It's, you know, we start working towards this ideal, but at some point along the way, we start to measure ourselves based on whether or not we've achieved it and start to compare ourselves to everyone around us, you know, saying, gosh, why am I not as successful as that person? Or how come I haven't hit this goal yet? It shouldn't be this hard to hit, you know, and kind of start beating ourselves up and telling ourselves the story in our head, like, well, well gosh, I'm not, maybe it's something wrong with me. Like, Maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe I'm not qualified. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. You know, um, maybe I need to work harder. That's got to be it. I just I'm not working hard enough. I need to work harder. And so that's kind of when that chase starts, like the story in our head. I need to work harder, work harder, work harder. Mm-hmm. And so we start to chase after this ideal. And so what happens is that leads to massive mistake number two, which is blurry boundaries, and you know, saying yes, mm-hmm. over committing. Yeah. Waking up and looking at the calendar and realizing you don't have any space in there built in for you or for anything that you enjoy. And just kind of like, you know, feeling this overwhelming anxiety that comes up, you know, looking at all the things you have to get done this week or this month. Um, and so those boundaries get really blurry because then it's like, we don't really know what to say yes to anymore. We realize we're saying yes to too many things because we feel like we need to do all the things in order to have all the success. But we have a hard time saying no because we're worried that we're going to miss out on something or we're worried we're going to let someone down and we're worried about what they're going to think about us or because we feel guilty if we say no and you know we don't know what to do with ourselves with that extra time that we've just created on our calendar because it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh my um, gosh. You're like literally just describing me. So <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, and I, you know, I I've, I've been there. I mean, this was me. I lived this for so yeah. long. And so this is something that, you know, becomes very, very, it becomes a habit, you know, of just kind of overcommitting, overscheduling, saying yes, and not being, realizing we're saying yes too much, but not being able to say no and not knowing how. Yeah. And um, even if you do get that, like you were saying, that space in your calendar, 
mm-hmm. that you think is the thing you're looking for that's going to, okay, well, when I finally just get to a better work-life balance or whatever that means, yes, like you said, we are uncomfortable with this space. And so when an opportunity arises, which it always does, there's always more you know, opportunities to fill, mm-hmm. we say yes out of compulsion, even if it's, say, an opportunity that isn't even really financially that attractive, You think, you know, well, by filling that space, I'm now going to be as busy as I've always been. And I know what that looks like. And I know how to do that. And I can't possibly then fault myself for being lazy or for not pursuing every possibility of income, you know, as an entrepreneur, because it's like, isn't that our goal? Or isn't that our, our duty to, you know, be making money for our businesses and our families? And if I say no, then, you know, I'm throwing away money. That's like, that. I can't do that. And it's yes. a scarcity mindset that really, um, it does not serve us or our businesses at all, but it, uh, it, it's very familiar to me. Yes. And I couldn't have said it better. I mean, seriously, you know, because that's what it is. It's like, you know, saying yes, because if we're worried that if we say no, or if that space is on our calendar, that we're going to feel guilty, that we're not working toward that ideal. It goes back to chasing the ideal. And, um, and that's the thing. Then you see it become an all or nothing thing, right? Which this leads us to massive mistake number one, because then it, it creates this all or nothing where if I'm not working towards my ideal, then I'm failing. Yeah. So what, what happens is, well, then I need to be working all the time because I don't want to fail. And so we fall into that work addiction and this need and this urge to be busy. And that's massive mistake. Number one, you know, literally becoming addicted to being busy. Yes. And so I, I just see that all the time, you know, and cause then the question becomes, Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, yeah, I identify with that. Now, how do I figure out how to move beyond that, you know, and that's kind of some of the work that I do and just diving into that deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, because these are the things that I feel like just as a whole affect us all, you know, and some, some people might resonate with one of those more than the other, but really, you know, those are the three chasing yeah. the ideal, which leads to blurry boundaries, which leads to this constant compulsion to be busy all the time. Because if we're not busy, then we're not working towards our ideal, which means we're failing, you know, wow. it's all yeah. or nothing mindset. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Um, so taking this kind of to your own life, um, what has been the most challenging thing for you in continuing to kind of not pursue the busyness and to maintain boundaries and not to chase the ideal? How have you, how have you managed that as a new mom? Because I'm sure there are a lot of women listening who are young or new moms who are exactly, exactly where you've been at, I've been at, and are like totally saying, yep, that is totally me. Um, (laughs) What, how are you, how are you doing that? And how are you managing that? And what's, um, you know, what's been your plan of attack sort of? Yeah. You know, I'm just going to go with the first thing that pops into my mind, which means that it's my gut saying this because in my past life, I'd have probably been like, you know, sweating bullets under a question like this being like, Oh my gosh, I don't want them to really know like what I really struggle with and all this, you know, because I want everyone to know that I'm successful and all this, but um, and this might surprise you, but the first thing literally that came to my mind, which I know it to be true is staying fully present. Mm-hmm. And it's a struggle for me too, y'all. I mean, it's just, you know, it's something that I feel like, again, I go back to that practice thing. You know, I don't ever expect to fully master this, but I expect to get better at it. Um, and I know that if I'm just getting better at it every day, that that's enough for me and yeah. that that's enough period. Um, and so that's the thing. It's like, I've found a way to, you know, going back to giving ourselves permission, like practicing that I find really helps. And I ask myself this question a lot when I notice, like, 
and let me just, I'll use this as an example to kind of make this all make sense. So if I'm sitting there and, you know, my little guy is crying and he's having a fussy day and I'm tired and I'm just, I have all these things on my mind that I need to be doing, but he needs me right then. You know, he needs me fully mentally, physically, like to be there for him, you know, and then this happened the other day. I was sitting in the rocking chair, just rocking him. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, please fall asleep so I can go get these things done. And immediately, like, because I've practiced this so often, like the thought popped into my head, like, Courtney, what's in front of you right now? Mm-hmm. And that's the question that I ask myself. What's in front of you right now? Yeah. Because that's all that you need to focus on is what's in front of you right now. Not all 14 tabs that you have open on your browser window, just the one that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Not all 28 unread emails, just the one that you've opened. You know, not all 12 text messages that you woke up to this morning, just the one that you're responding to right now. And so I ask myself that question throughout the day, Courtney, what is in front of you right now? Anytime I catch myself feeling like, you know, I'm here I am in the moment, but I'm thinking about all of these other things. And that kind of pulls me out of the present moment. I just asked myself, Courtney, what's in front of you? And the other day, the answer was my son, AJ. He's in front of me right now. And that's all I need to focus on. And then the next step from there is to give myself permission to focus on that. Yeah. So that's kind of my methodology is like, you know, identify what's in front of me. Once I'm clear on that, then just give myself permission to focus on that. And it's amazing the weight that lifts. I mean, it sounds so simple. Maybe it sounds really basic, but that's, that's good because that means that it's easy to implement. Um, and it is. It's just the key is just practicing it, you know, so where it becomes second nature. Um, but that has really, really helped me a lot because, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, the work is still always going to be there, but he's never going to be 12 weeks old in one day again, you know? Yeah. So that's awesome. That's a, that's a really good practical just question to ask yourself. And I think will be resonating in my mind for a while after hearing you say that. Um, what, what do you feel like has been the biggest surprise for you as a mom or something that you didn't anticipate? You know, I love that question. Um, that is something that I have pondered a lot, um, ever since I got pregnant, you know, one of the side effects, I guess you could say quote unquote side effects of the radiation treatment that I have was infertility. Mm. And we, my husband and I never actually knew if we would be able to have kids for sure. Of course we wanted a family, you know, um, and at the time of treatment and recovery, obviously weren't thinking of starting a family just yet, but we knew down the road that was, that was a desire on both of our hearts. And so having that as a risk, you know, I mean, the benefit outweighed the risk in terms of, you know, being cancer free and getting yeah. cancer out of my body and all of that. But that was always in the back of our mind, like the, what if, what if we couldn't have kids? And so last year we were building a house. We were living outside of the city about an hour away in a rental. Um, that, you know, was in my family. And so it was just easy, it was available. And we said, okay, we'll take it. So my husband was commuting two hours back and forth to work every day. I hadn't been feeling well. Like we were so stressed with the house and just, there was just a lot on our mind all the time, you know, all the little details with that. And, um, you know, my business was really starting to grow at that point. And so I had all of that to be dealing with. And so at the end of the day, like one of the things we would do just to kind of detox and unwind was to go for walks. And we would walk and talk and walk and talk, just walk in the neighborhood. And I remember this like it was yesterday, like the topic came up of starting a family. And, you know, we kind of were like, I just don't even know. You know, I was telling Alan, my husband, I'm like, I just don't even know if we're going to be able to have kids. 
you know, I, should we talk about adopting? Like, are we ready to have that conversation or whatever? And neither of us were really ready to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were kind of like, well, I guess just, just cross that bridge when, when we come to it, if we need to. Um, and I had been, like I said, feeling really ill and I'd had a lot of tests and different things run. You know, I had a holistic doctor I was working with, my regular doctor I was working with um, for my thyroid stuff. And like, they could not figure out what was going on. And I mean, there were days where I couldn't even get up off the couch. Like that's how little energy I had. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very foggy, like brain fog and just all of this thing, all these things. And so one morning I woke up and I remember having like this really bad migraine and I was just feeling very nauseous. I'm like, this is just, this is the new symptom. Like, I don't even know what's going on here. Like, and I was scared because I thought that the doctors were missing something. And I thought that maybe something was coming back. Um, that they hadn't found yet. And I was just really fearful of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so for whatever reason, I guess God put this on my heart, but he, it was just like this little voice that said, go get a pregnancy test. And I'm like, surely this is not even going to be possible because, you know, I had even had issues with ovulating all this. I don't even think I had ovulated for like a whole year prior mm-hmm. to this moment, you know? So, I mean, that was like the last thing on my mind, but for whatever reason, I was just ready to kind of take my health in my own hands. I'm like, the doctors can't figure this out. I'm going to start testing myself and just figuring stuff out. Right. So lo and behold, when that pregnancy test came back positive, it was like this shock and the surprise. Cause it was like, well, wait a second. I'm not ready to be a mom yet. Right. Like, I didn't even know this was possible. And wait, here I am now. I'm going to be a mom. Like you've got to, what? Oh my gosh. It was like my whole world just kind of flipped upside down, you know? Um, and so when I found it, I was pregnant. I had always said growing up that I, w- I would hope that I would get pregnant around father's day because I wanted to surprise my husband with news of our pregnancy around father's day. So wouldn't you know that four days later it was father's day. Wow. So I was able to surprise him with that news. And um, so once all of that excitement and shock and all that kind of settled down, like the dust settled from that, I really started feeling scared, you know, because it was like, this is reality. I'm about to be a mom. How am I going to continue growing my business? You know, how am I going to write the book I'm planning to write? How am I going to become a recognized speaker and travel the world like my plan is with a kid? Like, I don't even know how this is going to be possible, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so I would say, you know, I say all of that to say that I think the biggest surprise to me about becoming a mom was the fact that my son was given to me, and I believe this wholeheartedly, to teach me a lesson. And I mentioned that earlier, like, you know, walking my walk is so critical, especially in the work that I do. And so for him to be here, you know, just with his sweet little smile looking up at me, asking me without words to be fully present for him and to live in the moment and to just, just give myself permission to be, um, Mm -hmm. you know, has been such a huge lesson for me and such a, a pleasant and unexpected surprise. You know, he's here so that I can grow in the way that I need to, to be able to expand the audience that I serve, you know, which is now an audience of moms who struggle with all of these same things. And, um, that to me has been such a huge blessing. And like I said, just a very, unexpected and, and happy surprise that I'm so grateful for. Yeah, that is beautiful. And they, they do teach us quite a few lessons that we do not anticipate needing to learn, but we get to. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's a a joy. That's awesome. Well, um, I am really excited that I connected with you because I think, um, I'm for sure legit going to be looking into the courses that you offer. And I hope that other women listening will do the same because I think, um, this is just such a, um, 
a needed conversation to be having a needed look that we need to take um, into our own hearts and lives and our calendars. And I think sometimes we need an outside, you know, set of eyes to look at that and ears to hear where we're at and really say, look, you you're right. Like you are really busy and there's a, there's a reason that you feel the stress you feel and it doesn't have to be that way, you know? And, um, and that's really freeing to just know that, that there are resources there. So how would somebody, you know, self-identify if they're thinking, okay, this is sounding good. Like, how do I know if this is right for me? Or is this only for entrepreneurs? Could this be for someone who doesn't have a business, but feels this way? Like, how do you, who is it a good fit for? Yeah, absolutely. And great question. Um, there's a few, well, and this is just something that just popped into my head and I'd love to give this as a gift um, to your listeners, if that'd be okay with you. Yeah. Um, a couple things first. So if you head to my website, you'll find on there, it's CourtneyElmer.com. And there's a free download that I have on there, which is really, really useful. I've gotten incredible feedback on this and what it is, it's a surprisingly simple guide to feel calm, clear, and more productive in just 10 minutes. And so that could be something that, you know, can be really useful to you. Um, and to answer your question, the work that I do, yes, I work primarily with female business owners, but I also work with others who are experiencing these symptoms. Um, and that kind of fall into this category of feeling stressed and overwhelmed and burnt out and juggling all the hats and just wanting a better way. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, those things are all symptoms And there's symptoms of deeper root causes that are there that we, they might be outside of our awareness. We might not be knowing yet what's causing those, but the process that I work with my clients through is to help them identify what those things are. Um, You know, especially those massive mistakes, you know, identifying with those and figuring out, okay, where are these showing up? When did they start showing up? You know, kind of, I almost say like, you know, I kind of look at the work that I do is similar to what like a good holistic doctor would do. You know, you go to a regular doctor and they're just going to run some blood work and they're just going to say, you know, okay, well, here's a, here's a prescription, like see if this helps those symptoms go away and like check back in with me and let me know if if anything, you know, doesn't change. Whereas a good holistic doctor on the other hand is going to take such a multifaceted approach, you know, treating mind and body and spirit and, and saying like, well, when did those symptoms start showing up? Like how Mm -hmm. long have they been showing up for you? Do you notice that they show up when you eat certain things or when you're around certain people, whatever the questions are, they ask you, but to get to the root of that issue, because they know that if they treat the root, then all the symptoms are going to go away. Yeah. So that's the process that I work through with my clients is helping them figure out what the root of these symptoms are, which is unique to each person. And so the idea that I had just now, literally this just popped into my head, um, was to offer this to anyone listening that feels like, gosh, I really identified with a lot of the things that you talked about today. And I really would love to get some clarity on whether or not, you know, you can help me move through some of these challenges that I'm having. Um, you know, and I would love to, to chat with you and to see if this, you know, would be a good fit, you know, for mm-hmm. you. Um, just go to the contact form on my website, CourtneyAlmer.com and just shoot me an email and say, look, I heard you on the Kindle podcast. Like I really am resonating with what you're saying. Um, I would love to set up some time to chat with you. And what I'll do is I will, um, I'll schedule a strategy session with you and I'll, I'll do that for free. You know, typically something like that, it would be, you know, $250, you know, just kind of off mm-hmm. the cuff for someone to mm-hmm. come and say, look, let me get an hour of your time to sit down and work through right. some things with me. But um, I want to offer that to your listeners today, just to come and, you know, 
just, just set that up with me and I will do a strategy session with you to kind of work through and help you get some clarity. Um, and of course, answer any questions you have about, you know, taking that next step. If you chose, yes, I, I do want to go further and, and yeah. get rid of these root causes that are causing all these symptoms in my life. That's awesome. Well, thank you for doing that. That's very yeah, generous of abs- you. And Absolutely. Where do people connect with you on um, social media or online? Yeah. So I mentioned my website, CourtneyElmer.com. Um, the two platforms that I am on all the time, just because I find that they're fun and I'm just, I'm all about connection. So I love places where I can really, truly feel like I'm engaging with people. So one is Instagram, which is Courtney Elmer underscore is my handle. It's my name with a little underscore behind it. And then on Facebook, I have a private Facebook group that you all are welcome to request to join. It's called the Stressless Tribe. And you can search for that on Facebook, the Stressless Tribe. And I would love to see you in there. I'm in there every single day doing live coaching. We do Q&A sessions, um, do videos every week, you know, really, really give a lot of value there all for free. I was really excited to chat with Courtney, not only because I knew she would have a good message to share with all of you, but because I knew this was going to be like a semi-therapy session for me because I tend to be someone that is really stressed because I am always trying to do more than I am doing in the moment. Maybe I'm like the drama queen of all drama queens, but I have been known to say um, I don't even control my life. (laughs) And I've said that to my husband probably like 10 times and have just said like, I feel like I don't even own my own time. My time is everybody else's. Like I don't have, where is my time? Like what time do I have to even delegate or use wisely? I don't have time. It's, you know, it's all spoken for. And I think that, you know, to some degree that might be true. Like my days are full. Our days are full of needs and other people's needs and things we have to do. And, you know, a lot of stuff of life as an adult is like, you're just adulting. You can't say no to that meeting or that work or that child who needs breakfast. Like you have to say yes. But, um, we don't, our perspective, it's our perspective, right? It's like, we don't have to look at the million other things we're not doing while we're doing the one thing we have to be doing. And that I know is what often causes me to just get really overwhelmed and freak out a little bit. So I mentioned at the beginning that I made changes in my own life as a result of this conversation. So what I did was I made a life inventory list and the categories that I created were relationships, work, and kingdom. So relationships was any family commitments or friendships that I wanted to keep up or or start, make time for. Um, work would obviously be any work that I'm engaged in or businesses that I have. And then kingdom is, you know, things like church, small group, Bible study, neighborhood outreach, that sort of a thing. Just seeing the list of everything I have going on in each of those categories set my mind at ease because it made me realize I had real reason to be stressed. I was honestly just doing too much and I have been doing too much. So I decided to put a stop to that. So I crossed some stuff off my list. Like I said, one thing in each of the two categories that were the most full and just knowing that I don't have to re-engage or recommit to that in the coming year gives my soul and mind some space to breathe. Summer's almost here. Now that I have a clear picture of everything I have going on and know that I don't want to be this stressed and this full in the fall, that can really free me up to not say yes to everything. 
I hope after listening to this episode, you'll take some of Courtney's advice to heart as well and take steps, take real steps, make lists, um, get rid of things that are extra, give yourself permission to slow down, to do one thing at a time and do what you need to do to not be stressed in this moment. And I think if you continue doing that moment after moment, minute after minute, I think you'll find that you're making progress. So I will be with you on that journey. We can do it together and hold each other accountable to being less stressed. Thank you guys so much for listening today. And I hope that um, if you loved it, you will leave us a review and a rating on iTunes and tune in with us next week. Thanks so much. Bye.